You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Now into our science and technology news. FRBs, fast radio bursts, have been noticed for a while now. And there's a project which we talked about on the program called Breakthrough Listen. It's Mm -hmm. been funded by a very wealthy Russian billionaire by the name of Yuri Milner. Like SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, it is trying to look and listen, both look and listen. There's there's different branches of Breakthrough. The one we're talking about today is called Breakthrough Listen. So it's using radio telescopes, using some of that $100 million to pay for access and time on these telescopes Mm -hmm. to focus in and listen to possible sources of intelligence life you know like signals that might be emanating from intelligent life elsewhere in the universe and so these frbs they're not fully understood but one possibility i emphasize possibility is that they could be a means that an intelligent life form is using to communicate or to to attempt to communicate it could even be that they're using these frbs to boost a spacecraft that has a sail, you fire uh, these FRBs at it and that actually gives it a push, push along. Yep. And that's actually, funnily enough, the breakthrough project funded by Milner. One of the things they, they are hoping to do is to develop a swarm of sort of micro-sized probes mm-hmm. that they can send off to our nearest neighbours, yep. Proxima Centauri, where they've found that uh, very promising Earth-like planet mm-hmm. in orbit and push these along with giant Earth-based lasers so you have a mm-hmm. sail and that gets uh, hit by lasers and eventually achieves, I think they're talking about a a sizable percentage of the speed of light. You need that kind of speed to cover the the distances involved. It's also possible that these radio bursts are from pulsars or some other star system as well. So we're not necessarily saying, hey, we're listening into an alien civilization, but it's unknown at this point, isn't it? Absolutely. No, that's that's quite correct. The new discovery isn't actually likely to be aliens. It's quite likely to be the sort of thing that John talked about. There were gamma-ray bursts that were discovered in the 1970s that apparently were sort of thought of at the time as possible signals from from ET. And then we discovered after sort of analysing them that they were in fact gamma-ray bursts, which are a sort of an astronomical phenomenon to do with stars dying, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. It's possible that that, uh, these could be a collapsed star is actually emitting mm-hmm. these sort of frequencies. We just don't know about it. We haven't seen them enough. Was the, thing, the, was the message received in a short, sharp burst or a sort yes. of a continuous no, long? No, short, yeah. sharp burst. Yeah. So fast radio, radio bursts, as the name suggests. But they're quite energetic and it was at a very high frequency which hasn't been detected before. It has repeated. So the first one, was in, I think, was detected in 2015 and then they've recently they've studied it more mm-hmm. and, and they've found that it actually has repeated in that time. Now, a press release put out by Breakthrough Listen recently said that this that the possible explanations for FRBs, fast radio bursts, range from outbursts from rotating neutron stars with extremely strong magnetic fields to more speculative ideas that are directed energy sources used by extraterrestrial civilizations to power spacecraft, as mm. we were talking about before. So even Breakthrough Listen is acknowledging that this is very speculative. To suggest aliens is highly speculative. It's more likely to be a, a cosmological uh, explanation. Uh, and it's just funny if we're talking about off air that you know there's a film contact Mm -hmm. with Jodie Foster and uh, it was based on Carl Sagan's 1985 book about how 
humans got their first taste of, uh, of, of contact with uh, an extraterrestrial intelligence uh, via radio signals that were received on Earth, deciphered, used to develop the sort of time travel machine, mm. and off you go. It was such a powerful bit of popular culture that it now influences. So everyone who, who, who reads an article about this sort of finding of FRBs is going, oh, that must be the signal <laughs> telling us how to build a spaceship. We'll finally heard it, yes. Yeah, yeah. So popular culture can interfere with uh, rationality in some cases. Now, when the Great American Total Solar Eclipse was on just recently, we talked a bit about in preparation for that, that you know, should you be taking photos? And our suggestion, along with a lot of other people who know much more than us, was uh, you know, don't take photos. There'll mm. be other people who will have professional cameras and stuff set up uh, let them take photos of it you can just be there and enjoy the moment Bask it's, only, the glory it's it. only two and a half minutes of totality yep. so just enjoy it don't get sidetracked with your camera you gave me the example we we're talking about before of, of a guy who'd uh, you know hadn't had he'd left the lens cap on or something couldn't work couldn't make the thing work yeah destined from smart every day i watch his uh, youtube video series and yep. he's been preparing this for months and yep. he met with uh, an expert in the field and and had had all these instructions and he thought he was completely prepared got out to the field and had set up his camera alongside two other people had set up their cameras and they did get some photography and uh, some video but at one point he had the lens cap over his camera mm. because he, there were so many things going on with this eclipse that his senses were overloaded mm. and he just couldn't process it in his mind so mm. he had to just sort of step back from it mm. and then continue just enjoying the eclipse and, and realistically that's what we sort of were saying get back and enjoy it and let other people and, and the eclipse is a prime example but often you know if you go to a um you know some a museum or if you go to you know a place which is outdoors and there's lots of things to look at you might find yourself taking photos you can wind up being so preoccupied with taking the photos that you actually miss out on the experience a bit and that's Mm. the kind of conventional wisdom it's really just common sense apparently uh, people around the world take around 1.3 trillion photos Mm. this year in 2017 that's the estimate so a researcher called Alex Barash is an assistant professor at the New York University Stern School of Business. They've done a bit of a study and they're actually saying that taking photos rather than distracting from the experience can actually be a way of providing visual cues to enhance the experience. So even if you don't wind up reviewing the photos you've taken, mm. just the fact that you've bothered to take those photos and compose photos, compose images, that actually is is sort of it's getting, prompt. getting yeah. information into your mind about where it is and what mm. you've seen. Now, that may be at the exclusion of other information. Mm-hmm. They, they did an experiment where people were using audio headphones to give them a description of what they were seeing and taking photos. Mm-hmm. And they said that when they took the photos, the ones who took the photos actually got less out of the audio presentation. So the visual side of things was dominating their senses. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that looking back over photos can be a reminder of what you did. Well, I look at it from the point of view that, you know, if you're taking a photo to share it on social media, then, yeah, there's that that quick gratification that you might get. Mm. You know, I've taken this amazing sunset and I'm going to get lots of likes for it. That's great. But then in the distant future, when you, you know, review that photo, you might actually be prompted to remember something else. It could be a smell or a sound or a feeling that you had at that time of taking that photo. So that can be really helpful. I mean, I was looking at a photo album only last weekend or photos of when I was very young Mm. less than 10 years old Mm. one of the photos that i looked at it's like i I remember being in that scenario i remember what was going on Mm. the heat of the day and the environment that was happening Mm. all that so it it certainly can help you know make you recall because had i not been prompted that by that photo i would not have remembered yeah that's right so so there's definitely a value to having photos it's just a question of whether you wind up missing out on other aspects of an experience because you're too focused on the photos well i Uh, must say that the photo that was that reminded me of my youth Mm. was a photo taken 
by somebody else. Right. So I didn't take that photo. I wasn't thinking about that environment. Yep. So it was a photo taken of well, me. for you so to be in it. That's right. But yep. I was in the photo yep. that prompted me. Yeah. Yep. Linda Henkel, a professor of psychology at Fairfield University, she reckons that this uh, research hasn't been published yet, but I believe it's going to be published soon. Taking pictures with the primary goal of sharing them on social media can counteract the positive effects of deeper engagement and memory. So it depends what you're taking the photo for. If you're taking it for yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, that can be a benefit to you remembering the place. But if you're taking it just to post on social media, that can actually uh, detract from your likelihood of remembering it. Different strokes for different folks, but it looks like uh, taking photos can actually be a good prompt to visual memory. Now, ravens, and ravens, and I think I'm I'm reasonably uh, fair to include crows, which Mm -hmm. we have in Australia, they're very intelligent birds. Some research has been carried out at the Lund University in Sweden to put ravens to the test and find out just how smart they are. They've found that they really are very smart, the old joke that you've got a bird brain. So it is a very small brain because they're small animals, but the, the density of neurons in certain birds is very high. The study that was done in Sweden was looking at uh, ravens. They basically said that they're a lot smarter than uh, most primates. They're smarter than most other animals that are out there. They do things like they'll store food for later use. Mm -hmm. They'll watch their their raven friends doing the same thing. And then they might go, oh, I know where that food's been stashed by my mate over there. I'm going to go and steal it from him. And then the mate will realize that that's that's what's happening. And they'll pretend to hide the food in a location, knowing that it's going to be stolen from there and hide their real stash of food somewhere else. So this is all really smart, learned behavior. They've done tests where they'll set up a, a situation for a bird and say, okay, here's a tool to get into a jar which has got some really nice tasty treats in it Mm -hmm. for you you can either have an okay treat now or you can have the tool and without even giving you the jar just the knowledge that that tool will open the jar the raven will often think well i'd rather have the tasty treat Mm -hmm. so i'll take the tool and then i'll wait 15 minutes and then i'll get into the jar Mm -hmm. and get the really good treat Mm -hmm. they compared that with you know really young children even young children don't do that you know they'd rather have the instant feed now yeah so these birds are patient they're smart they'll even do things like they can call to wolves to get them to attack a carcass that hasn't broken down enough so that the canines can rip it apart leaving it more convenient scraps for the birds to get into themselves Mm -hmm. as i mentioned they'll hide food they can use their squawking to communicate information about a distant location and that ability is shared only by ants bees and humans so they're really quite unusual we already know there's been plenty said in the past about how smart these particular kind of birds are well it just seems they're getting smarter Mm. all the time as we as we study them more very briefly before i hand over to john if you go to the doctor and you know you might want to take a sickie or something and you need to have a doctor's certificate to prove it to your employer well Sometimes doctors work out that you're you're faking it. Apparently machines can do this even more accurately Mm. than people. So an algorithm can be used to look at the subtle differences in facial expressions to inform a guess about how a given person is feeling. And a study at the University of California, San Diego, found that a computer system could weed out fakers 85% of the time, whereas trained humans were only accurate 55% of the time. Now, obviously, it's not a system to replace real doctors, mm. but it certainly could streamline the process. If you're sitting in the, uh, you know, in the in the clinic waiting for 
often a long period of time for a public doctor to see you, then this could be a way of a system actually just looking at your face and going, oh, maybe we should bump them up to the beginning of the queue. Well, I wonder if it'll also be um, you know, doctor phone sort of thing where you just hold your phone up to your face and it has a selfie mode on and it is able to tell by your facial expressions and say, actually, that's real pain. or yeah, you know, yeah. that's Send that to your employer. Yeah, okay. Okay, you're, you're fine. You're going to have the day off. Yeah. yeah. All right, John, what have you got for us? Well, uh, last year we reported on Uber setting up sort of a, a tracking on their system. So what it meant was that users that have the Uber app on their device mm. would always have uh, the, the tracking turned on. So it doesn't matter if you're actually using the app, it, it would still be sending data back to Uber for, right. you know, for... No one knows really why that, that was uh, the purpose. Uh, it, it was sort of maybe looking at people's movements as to when and why they would use Uber, but they've right. been fairly quiet about that. But basically, because that was such a controversial move and it really hasn't shown to be very valuable, I guess, for Uber, they've decided to reverse that and the location data will be turned off after you've actually turned the app off. So once you've completed your journey, then the uh, the tracking will cease. So that should actually happen within um, five minutes after the trip is ended, which is a good sign because there's no reason for your, if your GPS is on, for them to be sent, your data to be sending back to uh, their servers. So that's a, a good move from Uber, yep. uh, which is you know, good for me to say at the moment because there's a lot of bad things about Uber as well that have been You've got reported. a new, new yeah. CEO just been appointed, good, I believe. That's right yeah. as well. Guy yeah. from, who used to be the boss of Expedia. Now, just a little bit more, I guess, on, on smartphones and that is the headphone jack. I am a fan and this is my little bugbear. I want to keep the headphone jack. It's something that is very useful to me. Yes, I do have Bluetooth on my phone and I actually do own Bluetooth headphones which are cable connected but it allows me to run around or walk around around without having that physical connection into my phone yes that is very helpful however i do also like that headphone connector where if i'm at home and i'm plugging into an old stereo with the auxiliary port mm. that is very helpful now there's some phones which have moved to take out the jack we know that the iphone 7 has also there's a new phone called the essential phone there's the xiaomi's mi 6 they've gotten rid of the jack fortunately though the OnePlus 5 the samsung galaxy note 8 and the brand new lg v30 still have them it does seem though that the trend is unfortunately moving towards the uh, the non-headphone uh, jack. So I guess a bit of a shout out to the smartphone manufacturers, please keep the headphone jack. Hurricane Harvey has been terribly devastating uh, for, for the states, obviously particularly for Texas. Getting money out to people for insurance claims as quickly as possible uh, can help them you know, pay for you know, bills of food and, and, and rent that they still have to pay or other everyday essentials. Mm. And it's really important that you're able to assess the damage quickly and then you know, provide money to them as, as soon as possible. Yep. I mean, I've seen plenty of reports where you know you've got uh, more than six or seven people living in a, a few square meters of a of a small shed or a small house and, and they've got no money because they can't access an atm or they don't have any money in the bank because they're poor and then they've got no income coming through now mm. those that did have insurance would obviously like to get some money paid out to them What's historically been the case is that it requires people to go out and inspect the area and in most cases, in the early days of devastation, it's very, very difficult. But it's proving that drones are actually now very helpful in determining the extent of the damage and being able to make an assessment. So set up by the insurance companies where they're sending out drones and it's actually, it's actually sped up or speeding up the response by about 800%. They've actually got some wow. early numbers in hmm. and it's 
it's saying that over the next few weeks, hundreds of drones will make thousands of weekly trips to flooded areas to record the full extent of the damage done. And this will certainly help with being able to get uh, release funds out to what those a, people. What a great thing. Yeah, we, a really good thing for, you know, we talk a lot about drones as more of a recreational activity and mm. flying up and taking a few photos. Mm. But here's a real world application of being able to you know, help people that are in certain need. Absolutely. Just finally from me, uh, you know, we have talked before on dominoes and how they've been sort of at the cutting edge or trying to be at the cutting edge of utilising technology and the delivery of their pizzas. You know, in the past we've talked about drone tests for them. But this is uh, a new thing where they're looking at uh, partnering with Ford and actually using a self-driving car to deliver pizzas. So this is it's a limited test that's happening in Ann Arbor and Michigan. So randomly select Domino's customers to, to actually send this self-driving vehicle out. Yep. It will have someone monitoring the activities but sitting in the passenger seat and it's a Ford Fusion hybrid. But basically what we'll, they'll do is you can track the, the full order from once it's been collected at the Domino's pizza place and it will send you a unique code that you can then go and enter into. There's a little touchpad on the window and that will then open up the little sort of the hot box uh, just your compartment where you can you know, pull out your hot uh, pizza now we're integrating uh, fast food with autonomous vehicles it is on the attest at this stage but uh, again it just it means it's much more difficult for those low-end jobs delivery driver a yeah. lot of people think they can get a job as a delivery driver yep. even that's uh, set to be you know gone a, a job of the the distant past mm. uh, i believe disturbing stuff and look just a quick reminder if you're an apple fan or a person who wants to upgrade your iphone apple's announced that on september the 12th at the steve jobs theater that's in the new apple park so their new head office mm-hmm. in uh, cupertino in california they've sent out invitations to media and others there's a special event and most likely this is to launch the next anniversary edition of the iPhone so don't forget 10 years ago Steve Jobs launched the original iPhone and kicked off this whole revolution of smartphones that has basically taken over the world not necessarily always with good consequences but certainly they are very useful handy tools you'll be able to stream that it'll be extensively covered in the media we'll tell you about it once the details have been revealed Um, but it's the first ever use of that new theatre the Steve Jobs Theatre at the Apple Park so one to keep an eye on September the 12th Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.